Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of Good Vibrations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. So today, I've been thinking about forgetting and remembering and where that takes us and how we start and how we finish, at least finish one aspect of our journey. And I was, um, I was thinking about the song that I love by the Indigo Girls, and it goes... Get out the map, get out the map, lay your finger anywhere down. We'll leave the figure into those we pass on the way out of town. And <laughs> I love that because it's like, yeah, I'm just going to put my finger on a map, but the reality is, is that I hate maps. I do. Yeah, because I never really quite got a handle of the north, south, east, and west thing. And I think it is because nobody actually ever taught me how to read a map. And I think also if someone had tried when I was young, I would not have been able to bring my focus down into something that specific because as a kid, I was a dreamer. Big imagination everywhere all the time. I love sitting in the passenger side of the car because I could look out the window and make up stories about everything I saw out there. So there would be a tree kind of bent over in a field and I would think, oh, look, it's going to pick up a squirrel and put it back in its little nest. And then the birds would be singing and swooping and I'd think they're singing songs just for me. And the clouds, oh, the clouds, they held the mystery of life. There were faces and animals and secret messages. Oh, yeah. Big imagination everywhere all the time. And the reality was is that I did not care how I got there because I knew that I would get there. Because children sit in the knowing. And it is only as time and life progresses that we choose to step into the forgetting. And for me, the forgetting probably started happening around the age of seven when I was standing at the edge of the field with my little sister and my big brothers, and we were getting to ready to go into the woods. And I was like, okay, here we are. Where are we going? What are we doing? What's going to happen? And my oldest brother said, you're not going anywhere nothing's happening and you're not doing anything. And I said, yeah, you know what? Mom said that you had to take us with you whenever we wanted to go. And he said, yeah, well, you're not going today because we're doing something really dangerous. Yeah. What are you doing? We're going to go hunt cannibals. I said, you liar. Oh, I'm a liar. He said, yeah, okay, Miss Smarty Pants. I'm a liar. Well, I'm going to tell you that we were out by the big broken tree and we saw little footprints and bones everywhere. So we're pretty sure that that's where the cannibal lives. Yeah. I said, well, if you give us a spear, we'll, we'll be okay with our spears. And then he got real quiet. <laughs> 
he looked at my younger brother and he said, yeah, well, I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want to scare you or anything. But while we were there, we saw all these dolls and their heads were ripped off and their eyes were scratched out. So we're pretty sure that they only eat girls. But you know, you want to come? That's fine. But I'm going to tell you that if you get lost out there and the cannibals get you, before we can get them, there's no way we're going to be able to help you. But go, grab a spear. Fine, come. But you better do it now. And I got really scared. And I held onto my little sister's hand. And I looked at her. And I looked at him. And I went, no, it's okay. But just don't get lost out there, okay? Just be careful, okay? Okay, well, I really want you to know that <clears throat> today, I do not believe that there are girl eating cannibals out in the world trying to get me. But it is amazing to me how those childhood fears follow us through life, even if they don't make any sense. And for me, the fear of getting lost kind of moved itself into the fear of driving. And driving was a skill that took me a really, 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 really long time to master. And I think it's because I didn't have really good early driving experiences. So I took driver's education, but my teacher was the high school football coach. And he didn't love teaching girls. So he gets into the car, he slouches way down, he puts his hands on his thighs, his legs are 8 million miles apart, he looks at me, he points at this wheel in front of my face and goes, you know what that is, don't you, Kristen? It's a steering wheel, and it's for you to keep your little pretty hands on at all time. 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, memorize it. And that, Kristen, up above you, yeah, that is a rear view mirror. And it's not for you to put your makeup on, check your pouty lips, or look at your baby blues. You keep those blues on the road. You keep your hands on the wheel. And you put your foot on the gas and drive this baby home. Except before we actually got into the cars, we had to watch all these videos of car crashes. So I imagined myself as a dummy person flying around the car. You know, big imagination everywhere all the time. So I had a lot of trouble even going 10 miles an hour. But eventually, I got enough practice to take my driver's test. So here I am. I'm with the police officer, and I am having to do all the really hard stuff. Like, none of my friends had to do this stuff. Okay, three-point turn. I did that perfectly. Okay, parallel parking. I did that perfectly. Now, backward driving. Okay, perfect. So, all I have to do now is pull the car forward into the parking lot, park the car, and I pass the test. And here's where I'm going to say, and you might find this hard to believe, that I actually drove backward better. 
than I drove forward during that test because I went into the parking lot and somewhere in my mind, I believed that the officer told me that I had to park my car in the exact same place that I pulled out of. Again, big imagination everywhere all the time. So I saw that spot, but it was a lot smaller than when I pulled out of because the car on either side of the spot had changed. But I was not going to go home and tell my parents that I did not pass my driver's test because I couldn't park my car. So I knew I was going to get my car in there somehow. Well, I turned the wheel to the left into the spot and I hit the car on my right hand side and it started to kind of lift up in the air. And I figured, hey, I'll bet you that car will just pop down into place, you know, when I'm done. And the police officer next to me wasn't saying anything, so I figured I was okay. But what I didn't realize is that he was in shock. So I'm putting on the gas and turning my wheel and turning my wheel and turning my wheel, and the car next to me is going up and up and up in the air. And all of a sudden, the police officer sort of wakes up and goes, Stop! 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 And I stop the car. I look at his face, I look at the car above my head, and I went, oh, I guess I didn't pass. No, I didn't pass. So the fear of driving, coupled with the fear of getting lost, became kind of overwhelming. It got to the point where I was actually afraid to get into the car because I was afraid I would end up like in a different state. Oh, no. How did I get to Alaska? You know, there are a lot of woods in Alaska. So it became a self-fulfilling prophecy to the point where I decided I just wasn't going to drive at all. And I did not. After high school, I didn't drive for nine years. And that worked out great for me. Yeah, I managed to have a really successful, lovely acting career because I lived in cities that had fabulous public transportation. And then I moved to Boston. So you see, I was living in Chicago and I'd had this dream that I needed to move to Boston. But to get there, I was going to have to drive because I had worldly possessions but I had, more importantly, my two cats, Pegasus and Orion. And the only way to get them across the country was to drive them. So did I um, borrow a friend's car and maybe take a trip around the city a couple of times or even, you know, maybe take a couple of driving lessons to get me back in the groove? No, I, I did not do that. I rented a drive-it-yourself little teeny U-Haul van, packed all my stuff in it, and drove myself across the country. Now, thankfully, I had a roommate who was fabulous with maps. So she couldn't drive because she didn't have a license, but I figured all that out. She would navigate, I would drive. So we are driving out of Chicago in our little U-Haul van with my kitties and my stuff, and we get onto a four-lane highway, which I haven't been on since high school, somehow or another managed to get myself into the fast lane and I was only going 40 miles an hour. So my roommate goes, dude, man, Kristen, like you've got to get over because our exit is coming up. And I went, oh, okay. So I flipped on my directional and I drove across the highway. I got into my lane and I said to my roommate, oh my God, what's wrong with everybody? And she was white. She went, man, Kristen, 
You can't just drive across the highway, man. You gotta go one lane at a time. Don't do that again. And she took a nice big toke of her little uh, special cigarette. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, I didn't know. So anyway, we get off the four-lane highway. We get on a two-lane highway. That's much more manageable. And I'm tooling along at <clears throat> 45 miles an hour <laughs> because I'm still terrified to drive. We're going along, and all of a sudden, on our left-hand side, comes a convoy of trucks. Have to be like eight or nine of them going 75 miles an hour. The sheer force of these trucks was pushing my little U-Haul van off the road. And so I had to balance things very carefully to not drive off the road, but also not drive into the trucks whose wheels are at the top of my head. It was extremely terrifying. And after that, they came along, I would say, every two hours. And we would know they were coming before we could see them because Pegasus could feel them. And he would go, meow, meow, I would hear that cry. I would grip my steering wheel really tight, hunker down, and take it down to 25 miles an hour. So what was to be an 18-hour trip actually took me four days. <laughs> I was very proud of myself, however, at the end of those four days. So here I was in Boston, except that living in Boston was a lot harder than living in Chicago because the apartments in Boston were the size of my bathroom in Chicago, and they were three times more expensive. I had a very high-end waitressing job in a three-star restaurant and made a lot of money in Chicago. But in Boston, I could not get hired at McDonald's. But the hardest part for me was that the auditions for the really great shows were outside of the city. And it became increasingly difficult for me to justify why I wasn't driving. So here I am. I am in my voice class and everybody is buzzing about this really big, important audition that's coming up. And this one guy goes, hey, uh, hey, Sally, are you going to go to that audition? Because I hear, uh, I hear there's a New York director and it's going to be really great. And Sally goes, oh, Larry, you're so silly. And she's dancing around, pointing her toes, pirouetting. And she says, I only audition for musicals. I dreamed a dream when time gone blah. Oh, God, Sally. Hey, Kristen, how about you? Are you going to go? I'm really excited about it. If I could just get in. I can't go, Larry. I don't have a car, and it's an hour away, and I don't know how I would get there. And all of a sudden, swaggers up the class stud. Yo, Kristen. <laughs> you know, babe, I know the director. He's like, told me I'm totally in. So, and Larry interrupts. Oh, 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 Tony, can you get me in? Can you get me in? I mean, even if you just get me, like, just an interview with it. You know what, Larry? Dude, hang on. So, Kristen. I'm in, so I could drive you, you know, to the audition if you want, and if you get in, 
You could come with me every day. What do you say? Wow. Tony, oh my God, that is so nice of you. Thank you so much. I was so excited. So I went to this audition with Tony and I got a part. Ah! But Tony didn't. So here I am. I'm in this position where I've got a really great part in a really great play, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. But somewhere I realize I am going to get there because I was back into a place of remembering. And that, and that is when my fabulous boyfriend, who wasn't Tony, by the way, offered me his car. (gasps) So, all right, now I'm going to drive again, but now I'm going to have to drive a stick shift. And my fabulous boyfriend is going to teach me. So I'm driving again. I'm sort of okay at it. I'm still like really afraid of getting lost. I know how to get to my rehearsals. But the reality is, is that getting out of Boston was a little tricky because you had to get onto that four-lane highway. However, the two lanes to the left lead to two toll booths that take you to the center of Boston, where I have never been before, and I certainly would not know how to get out of if I got in there. And the two lanes that veer off to the right go to two toll booths to the right that take you outside of the city onto a highway and where my my rehearsals are. So I'm driving along one day, and I, I, I got a little lost in my uh, imagination and realized that, oh, when I kind of came out of it, I was in the wrong lane. I was in the left-hand lanes, and I was now very near the left-hand toll booths, which were going to take me to the center of Boston that I didn't know how to get out of. And I'm looking to my right-hand side, and I'm recognizing that the, the lane that I want to get into is literally like, I don't know, two feet away. So I figure, it's okay. I'll just stop my car. I'll back up, go around those cones there, and I'll get into that lane, and I'll be fine. So I stop my car. I put on my directional and I start to back up and I hear beep, 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 beep. I look behind me and there's a woman and she's not moving. So I motion to her. I'm backing up. I motion to her, you know, in my rear view mirror. I'm backing up. So just back up. I put my car back in reverse again. And then I hear beep, 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 bah, 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 eh, 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 eh. I look, not only is the woman not moving, but now there are four or five cars behind her and none of them are moving. And now I'm realizing that I'm sort of trapped because I can't go backward anymore. And then the toll booth operator comes out. Come on, move up your car. You're holding up the line. So now I'm panicking. I know that I'm going to have to go off to the left-hand side and I'm going to end up in Boston. I don't know how to get out of there and I have to go to rehearsal. So I drive up and I say to the toll booth operator, um, excuse me, I'm in the wrong lane. I need to get over to the toll booths next door. So if you would just back everybody up, I would really appreciate it so I can get on my way. He looks at me. He goes, I'm not backing up these cars, lady. Are you crazy? Look, it's wicked easy. You're going to go through here. You're going to go off to your right. There's a ramp up there. You're going to go around a corner. You're going to go down the road and then to your right-hand side. There's a sign for the highway. Can't miss it. Then I start to cry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not really good with directions, and I'm really afraid of getting lost. And he, and he says, why, 
you need moss? I don't, and I, and I went, no, no, I don't understand. I'm really, really afraid of getting lost. I really can't do this. Please back everybody up. Please stay back. Them up. All right, now, now, miss, I don't want you to get upset. Here, pull your car off over there onto the shoulder. I'm going to get you over there. I'm going to close out my lane. All right, everybody, you got to move over to your right. The la- I said move over to the right. The lane's closed. So I pull off to the side of the road, and now I'm in it. I'm utter panic, and I'm crying. He comes over to the car. He leans down into the window. He goes, all right, it's wicked easy, I'm telling you. You're going to go over here to the right-hand side. Do you see that ramp? You're going to go up that ramp. There's a little turn. Go around the turn. You go down a road, and right on your right-hand side, there's a sign for the highway. Wicked easy. Can do it. Yeah, but what if I... Over to the right. Around the curve, down the road, highway. But I don't know. Around the curve. Go up there, around the curve, down the road, highway. I'm telling you, you can do it. (laughs) All right, now I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm telling you, you can do it. If you go over there, you're going to go up that ramp, around a curve, down a road. It's right there on the right. You can't miss it. I know you can do it. So I said, okay, thank you. I put my car in drive. I said goodbye to the almost crying man. (laughs) I started to drive and I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw him jumping up and down, screaming, you can do it. I'm right there with you. I got you. You got your car. You're going to do it. And that, that man jumping up and down on my side, there helping me, it gave me the confidence I needed to go up the on-ramp, around the curve, down the road to my right-hand side and off onto the highway I went. And then I fully started stepping into my remembering. So all of a sudden, things are getting better. I'm remembering. I'm feeling more confident. I'm thinking to myself, I got this. I got this. And life moves on, and I step further and further into the remembering. And I did want to let you know that guy, that guy who taught me how to drive, well, he was pretty special. He was so special, in fact, that I married him. And within that partnership, he reminded me that I am safe. And once I remembered that I was safe, I stepped back into the knowing. The knowing that I can't, it doesn't matter how I get there because I will get there. And that if I get lost, I will get found. And once I stepped into that aspect of my knowing, I went deeper and I remembered that I really can't get lost. None of us can get lost because we are all here going and doing the the same thing. We are here to remember our divinity, to remember 
our higher selves and to project that higher self out onto the world in our own unique way, in our own way, in a positive way that brings light onto this earth. And when you're doing that, you're never lost. And if you think you're sitting in the darkness, turn your face to the light. It is all around you. It is waiting for you to open up and receive so that you can then open up and give. I love you guys. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristin.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us, let us know, so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are divinely guided. <laughs> <laughs>